Hello and welcome to Map Bites episode 44. I'm Elaine Giles and I'm here with my co-host Mike Thomas. In this long-awaited episode, we're playing catch-up, talking iPads, including Mike's magically multiplying iPad and getting giddy about iPhone 4, all in the midst of copious software breakages at MacBytes headquarters. And not all of them were me. Yes, occasionally I do break software, but uh, first, a quick, and I do mean quick, roundup of what's been happening in our Mac world since the last episode of MacBytes. Oh, yes. Can I do one of my ultra-quick roundups? Yeah, go on. Right. Apple and Adobe, scrap. Then there was the seven tent poles keynote. Tent pegs? No, tent poles. Okay. Upshot of which was to kill the Flash compiler and tell me that ads were good for me if they were iAds. Anyway, Apple and Adobe were still scrapping. iPhone 4 escapes the mothership, whilst Apple and Adobe are still scrapping. Gizmodo are caught on the run with said escaped iPhone, while Apple and Adobe are still scrapping. Creative Suite 5 ships, did I mention Apple and Adobe were scrapping? Apple are officially declared richer than Microsoft, and finally, iPhone 4 officially is announced. Fast enough? Yeah. I think that sums it up, doesn't it? What? Apple and Adobe scrapping? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like naughty children, I'd rather bang their heads together. Mm. But, meanwhile, back bites. Let's catch up on what we were talking about before our slight short break. Uh, and I was talking about a company called Many Tricks. And I was saying that I like their software and I was concerned that uh, they'd taken their site down for purchasing. You could still use the trials, but you couldn't purchase. Well, good news, they're back with a bang. There's a new version of um, one of their products called Butler. There's also a new version of the one that I could not work without, which is Witch. Uh, version 3 of that is out. There's also been several updates since the initial version 3 release and each one has just made what I thought was already a perfect application, even better. So uh, do go and check out manytricks.com. One of the things that's on there that I, I, I've seen the video and I keep watching the video and I can't wait for it. And I'm not even sure what it is. I know you've seen the video, haven't you? I have. It's quite difficult to explain, but at the moment it's called Paddock. Um, and it's an, it looks like an exciting tool for the iPad platform, which includes multitasking. Uh, a lot of the video is redacted, but there's enough to see that you can do things at the same time with a built-in browser that has tabs at the top. Proper, Gazmaz can't not like them tabs at the top as well, I might add. So I'm hoping that that's released very, very soon. They've got um, a roadmap of release dates on the site now, so it looks like an exciting year for them. One of my favourite software companies. Yeah, uh, that sounds interesting. Uh, something else we talked about was um, Audible and O2B. Has that been resolved yet? Yeah, the problem I had with that was I've been an Audible customer for oh, at least 18 months, I think, and everything had been fine. It doesn't take too long to download the files, or it didn't. Until one day I was downloading the files and thought, you know, it was saying seven hours, what's going on? And it was downloading slower than a dial-up modem, and that's a 14.4 modem at that. And no matter what I did, I could not get it to download any faster. So I thought it was just that particular file, but no, it carried on. Um, it only happens on B. Luckily, I've got an, an extra line and I tried that and I tried the MiFi. Everything was fine. So it was nothing on my system. Um, it had to be the line I was using, which was B. So I started looking at the forum and I found a very long thread on it. Other people were jumping up and down and complaining. 
And another thread that I found was on O2. Now, O2 and B are actually the same company and they have the same infrastructure. So if there was something that made it look as though it was at the O2B end, but they were denying all knowledge. Trouble was, so were Audible. So it's one of those situations. Do you remember the, the um, BBC iPlayer? I do. Oh, yes. That one rumbled on How for ages. How could we forget that one? Yes, exactly. Uh, it's a bit like that. Everyone was blaming everybody else and that didn't help me at the end. So um, for months, it was a good two, three months. And I actually put off uh, buying stuff. You can now keep your credits. You can roll them over month to month. And unless I was actually desperate to buy something, um, I didn't. I just let the credits roll over. Uh, so we were at the stage of stalemate, complete denial from both parties, as usual. Um, but I bought something the other day and it's now fixed. And now everything is downloading, not blindingly quickly, but a lot faster than it was. So obviously there was something wrong and now they've fixed it. Ah, happy ending. <sighs> yes, a happy ending. Because otherwise like happy I'd have had to have gone to iTunes and bought them as well. So, and that, that would have been my credits at Audible and I'm spending money elsewhere. I couldn't be doing that, could I? Anyway. So that's us caught up um, on two news this week, which was big news 10.6.4. A quite a substantial download at 930 meg for the combo update. Some of us went ahead without too much thought, didn't we? Don't know who you mean. Uh, you. And it broke a few things, didn't it? Mail plugins. Then there was the Devon Think debacle. Then there was the Safari tabs. Went down like dominoes, didn't they? Yeah, you know, I'm not too concerned about mail plugins because um, I, I don't use them. Um, but the issue of the mail plugins did actually lead me to the DevonThink issue, um, which, you know, you can explain in more detail, seeing as you took the mick out of me. Fixed it, you mean? Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what happened was not all the mail plugins actually needed to be broken this time sometimes the mail plugins don't actually work um, but this time uh, what the update did was just blanket disable them all so some of them could just be reinstalled and they were absolutely fine um, which was what we were trying to do with DevonThink. now i must add i had put the update on my mac mini but i had not put it on my main machine because i can't live without my mail plugins and i had a live demonstration to do the day after it came out and i can't have a machine that isn't behaving itself so i hadn't done it um but you had it broke the mail plugins so we thought well let's try and fix the dev and think one um it should have been a simple matter of just opening dev and think going to the help menu and saying reinstall the plugins only when you got there... The cupboard was bare. <laughs> mm. Well, actually, you did, you did reinstall them, didn't you? The dialog box was bare in terms of the plug-in wasn't listed. But you reinstalled what was there, and obviously it didn't work because the mail plug-in wasn't there. Um, at which point I opened my copy of Dev and Think, I had a totally different set of plugins available, at which point I twigged what the problem was and you didn't. No, I had the wrong version of DevonThink installed, didn't I? Which wasn't totally your fault, but it didn't stop me taking the mickey out of you. True. It's something to do with using, is it the Mac update desktop application that just updates all your apps and it pulls the wrong one down from, from the server? Yeah, it, when it updates DevonThink Pro Office, it actually updates it with DevonThink Pro. So without the office bit, you lose quite a bit of the functionality that you do need, like the mail conduit, 
um, the OCR capability and stuff like that. Um, it had happened to me, so I knew <laughs> that what your problem was. Um, I noticed the problem when I was trying to OCR some stuff that I'd um, scanned elsewhere many, many moons ago. I'd taken it in and, and normally with Devon Think it would do it on the way in, um, but it hadn't done. So I went looking for the menu option and it had gone. I'm scratching my head thinking it can't have gone and then I realised what the problem was. So yes, it's the Mac Update desktop. That's one of the things that needs updating manually. But it didn't stop there, did it? Because Safari was driving the pair of us insane. It was. It was something that you actually pointed out to me um, last week. And I, I thought I'd been going mad and I didn't say anything to you and then you didn't say anything to me and then you did say something to me and I thought, yeah, that uh, you're quite right about that. And it's where you, well, go on, you explain it. Yeah, the symptom was um, no matter how you opened a new tab, that tab would not be active no matter what. Now, there is an option in the Safari preferences to make new tabs active, and that was having no effect either. I could have that on or off, and I was still getting exactly the same behaviour. Now, although I usually use the keyboard, uh, in this circumstance it would have made no difference, I do in Safari, um, double click the area next to the tabs. There's usually an area on the right that's blank unless you've got lots and lots of tabs open. And I double click there, I get a new tab, it makes it active and then I type away. Um, but what was happening was it was making a new tab but it was putting it behind all the other tabs. So what you had to do to make this tab active was click it so you had to double click to get the tab and then click once more to make the tab active. But if the third click was too close to the first two clicks. Getting complicated this, isn't it? It made another tab, so you ended up with two blank tabs then, uh, neither of which were active. So it was driving me insane. I think I lived with it for about a week and I thought, it's not me. There's something definitely wrong. Um, then I said to you, I, th you know, I think Safari's broken here. I just assumed it was a problem with Safari. Although I do have plugins, so maybe it could have been one of the plugins. But um, I, it reached the point where I couldn't live with it anymore. I've had great fun with browsers lately and I didn't want to um, be switching to another one particularly. So I thought I'm, I'm going to try and sort this out. Um, what I found was it was running it in 32-bit mode that was causing the problem. And the reason I was running it in 32-bit mode was these plugins that I had had for many moons and cannot live without. I must admit I hadn't actually looked at whether there were 64-bit versions of them for quite a while on the basis of it, if it wasn't broken, don't fix it. But now it was broken so it was time to fix it. So uh, what I did was I had to uninstall all the plugins. Um, I actually, I think I've only got three that I find critical. Um, there's Saft, which I cannot live without, because although we've got a new version of Safari, even this one doesn't let you save the tabs. You can reopen the last session, but it doesn't automatically do it. So that, that not being there is a big issue. So I wouldn't want to live without Saft. So what I did was uninstalled them all. I got Safari running in 64-bit mode and in 64-bit mode it's absolutely fine. You double click, the tab comes to the top exactly as, as you would expect. So I think it's something that's been broken in 32-bit mode. Um, but then of course I had to try and reinstall the plugins and get them to work in 64-bit mode. To get Saft to install you need something installed called Symbol, S-I-M-B-L which is a framework that's used to host Safari plugins and I'd not tried it before but I installed Symbol, I installed Saft to run as a Symbol plugin, 
and all was well. Uh, the tab still opened correctly and everything in Saft seemed to work. That left me to reinstall my others, which were, the ones I was concerned about were WebSnapper and VideoBox. Um, obviously one password's always fine. One password is just brilliant. That always works. Um, WebSnapper I did get working. Uh, VideoBox I did get working, just not together. So there's obviously something, with, I, I can either have one of them or the other. Um, the problem I had with that was, it was quite bizarre. I'd recently had a problem with Safari that when I started it, it took between a minute and a half and two minutes before it actually showed a page. Even if I had no tabs saved on close, just completely starting it up, it would take two minutes easy. Um, and I tracked down what that problem was. I'll talk about that in a future episode. And I'd solve the problem. Uh, what was happening with WebSnapper and VideoBox was I was getting exactly the same symptom which meant I had to head off to the console to find out what was going on. And I was I was reading messages about waiting for a reply, waiting for a reply, till in the end, you know, it came back and said, not responding, not responding. And that was what was taking the time. So when I uninstalled VideoBox, it was fine. So I've left it that I've got Saft working, I've got uh, WebSnapper working, and I never didn't have 1Password working. So I'm happy. At least the tabs are working again. I need to revisit why VideoBox isn't. But while something's working, I'm leaving it alone. So I was quite pleased with that. Yeah, and uh, when I came in from work, it was just working. That was because you left your machine behind and the sysadmin fairies had been hovering around all day fixing it for you. Yes, I like sysadmin fairies. <sighs> I don't wear pink, though. It's not that kind <laughs> of fairy. No. Actually, fairy's a really bad name. No, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, one thing I hoped would be fixed with 10.6.4 was... The issue, the other issue that drives me mad, which is the power, the printer powering up. I did have high hopes for a fix after 10.6.3 because one of the things they did in 10.6.3 was updated a wallpaper. And I thought, hmm, if they've got time, twiddling their thumbs, that they can update the wallpaper, maybe they could actually fix the printer issue. Um, the wallpaper update was um, because the snow leopard had just had his dinner and he had blood on his lips, apparently. Worst Photoshop job I've ever seen. Anyway, um, they changed the wallpaper, so I, I thought, they've got to fix the printer next time. But no. Um, my, my argument with the printer is, um, I print a PDF a lot, and the PDF plugin, as was in CS4 for Acrobat, um, the proper version of Acrobat from Adobe, is now no longer in the print dialog box. Now I had that set to my default, which meant that you're printing to a virtual printer. So, you know, you never actually get the power to the real printer unless you deliberately select it, but that's gone. So I have to select one of the real printers. But previously, even doing that, I didn't have a problem that it turned on because I wouldn't want it to turn on. I want to select the drop down and say, save as PDF. But now, as soon as you press print, the printer powers up. And no, they've not fixed it. It's still there. It's still driving me insane. I don't know if it, well, actually, I don't know with you because the printer doesn't sit next to you, does it? It sits next to me. So not only does it happen when I try and print something to PDF, it happens when you do as well. It does. So I'm doubly stuffed. So no, that's not fixed, I'm afraid. Which I think they should, because the number of times I print to a real piece of paper is probably once a week, if that. 
but I create a lot of PDFs. Just think, Earth Hour. Remember Earth Hour? I remember Earth yeah, Hour. Yeah, I wouldn't have to bother with Earth Hour if I didn't have the printer powering up every two seconds. Mm. So please fix it. Please, please fix it. In better news, uh, there was a couple of iTunes updates. Um, 9.1 and 9.2 since our last episode. And with your history of uh, iTunes updates, did you risk it? I took my digital life in my hands and I upgraded. Ooh, tell us about it. Um, it went amazingly well. I was prepared this time. I was completely prepared. I had my my um chair and my whip like a lion tamer, and really? I had my yes, I did. And I had my finder window open. And I was watching, because if you remember, what happened to me was every time you played a file, it moved it in the finder. I remember. Yes. Yeah. So I had the finder window ready. I went into iTunes. I played some music and I sat and I watched with said chair and whip handy. And it didn't move a thing. My iTunes library is perfect, if I say so myself. And it stayed that way through two updates. What more can I say? It was just obviously scared of Miss Whiplash. Exactly. It, and right, it should be. Right, it should be. It had taken me months to get that sorted out. I don't know why I, up, I upgrade. But you have to, I suppose, because you know, your phone won't work. Other stuff won't work. They make it really compulsory to upgrade, whether you want to or not. But um, I'd had a problem with my iTunes drive um, reporting an error. So I had actually switched over to the, the um, backup and made another backup. So I have multiple copies of said library now. So um, it wouldn't have been a major crisis, but I'd rather not have faced it. Um, there was lots of little changes in 9.1. Odd little things, I thought. Um, you, you can't convert a file anymore from the right click. You've got to go to the advanced menu. Now, I always did it with, with right clicking on it. I did. And I thought that was really strange that they'd moved it. I know you hadn't noticed it was missing. That's because I've not done a conversion. But you would have done if you'd have tried. I would, yeah. And you'd have probably kept quiet thinking it was you for a good <laughs> week as usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sidebar as well, a couple of odd things. Audio books became books and applications became apps. So I thought, again, that, that was not one. The books one made sense, applications to apps, not quite sure. Um, this time I, I was really pleased with what they've done, which is they've added PDF support to the books. So I can put my PDFs in there. And that's it so far. I can't synchronise them with any of my iDevices, but they're sitting there. So that's quite a nice addition, and I'm looking forward to being able to synchronise those. One good thing is, um, with them in iTunes, you can, with a PDF, double-click it, and it will open it in preview, or whatever else you've got set to handle your PDFs. So that, I think, is a good addition, because it gives me one place to put all my PDF books. So that's where I intend to put them. Uh, and if I want to read them on the computer, I'll probably open them from there. Um, and of course, it's this is the version that will provide sync with iOS 4 and folder support. It promised faster backups. And seen as though one of my backups about two, three weeks ago took five and a half hours, I decided I'd try it. And uh, let's see if it was telling the truth. And it took, are you going to guess? Five and a half minutes. No, no, it took 10, but I was pleased. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From five and a half hours, you'd have been thrilled as well. So uh, those were the things that um, I was interested in. Uh, I do intend to keep my PDFs in there, but I know you've been working with other things with ebooks, haven't you? I have, but I, I think on reflection that I will keep my PDFs in iTunes. It, 
once that synchronization's available, it does make logical sense. It does. I, I think the iBooks app needs a, a bit of tender loving care. But um, and I've had a look at Calibre, which is an excellent application functionally sadly it looks like a windows app uh, but apart from that it, that is an excellent application as well but yes i'm definitely going to be putting them in itunes anyway since our last episode then probably the biggest news is ipad ipad ipad, iPad, iPad. iPad. you think that was synchronized enough yeah okay then yes 3rd of april at the u.s we were promised a date and then promised another one and another one. There were several delays and I think I know why. Because um, when it was released in the States, we had pictures of Steve Jobs demoing it in the Palo Alto store. Apparently Johnny Ive was with him. Woz was in a queue with what looked like uh, a 3G version of an iPad. And of course, Steve seems to be lacking a secretary at the moment and he's having to resort to answering his own mail. So... Maybe if they were all doing what they should be doing, we'd have got our iPads sooner. And of course, the delays meant that the eBay carpetbaggers were making money. They'd created a grey market and um, the iPads were selling for as much as £5,500. Unbelievable. <sighs> this was a grey market. Apple were keen to stop at any cost, but that didn't actually help people who were trying to import them semi-legally. Uh, I'd say semi-legally, but... It wasn't good, not for those of us waiting. But the great day finally arrived. It was pre-order day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, we'd, we'd actually discussed the night before what we were going to do. You know, was the store going to be open at one minute past midnight or was it going to be... Because I think it was 10 o'clock in the morning in the States, wasn't it, when you could pre-order? Yeah. Um, but we got up at six o'clock as usual to take the dog out and I um, checked the website before I went and there it was, available for pre-order. The only problem was, unlike the States, you couldn't go and pick it up in store and that's really what we wanted to do. And whilst I was out, I checked Twitter, I checked some forums, I checked websites and did confirm that that was the case, that it was pre-order but you know shipped to your, your home address or, or a, an address no store pickup now you rang an apple store didn't you and i rang a couple of apple stores in fact i rang three apple stores i always do that just to see if the story uh, tallies you've done this before haven't you <laughs> Yeah, because you get told one thing at one place and another thing at another place. Of course, even if the story's tallied, they could all be lying to you. <laughs> well, yes, they they could have all been, uh, what's the word, coercing, not coercing. They could have all been, I can't remember the word. But... <laughs> Should we cut that bit or keep that bit in? Somebody tell me what the word is. I've no idea what you're trying to say. All well, working together to lie to me. Oh, a conspiracy. A conspiracy, yes. Well, that's one word for it. Anyway, you know, I went off to work. I left you in charge of the ordering. Um, Always and, wise uh, to leave me in charge of the money, I think. Yes. I was going for a 64 gig Wi-Fi and uh, you were going for... 64 gig with 3G. Yeah. Now... But why? Why, why well, didn't you go for 3G? Well, I thought, you know, there's no point in me having a 3G where I where I work. I'm, I know I could change jobs and change locations, but, you know, I thought where I currently work, there's no point going for 3G because the 3G coverage is non-existent and uh, it would just be a waste. And, of course, you had, do have the MiFi. Yeah. Why did you go for the, uh, the one with 3G? Because you've snaffled the MiFi. <laughs> 
No, we do only have one MiFi between us. Um, I I went for the 3G. I didn't actually intend to use the 3G to any great degree at all. It it really, in my mind, was for emergencies only. Um, if I'm going out and you're at work and you wouldn't have the MiFi anyway, then I'd probably have the MiFi. And we pay on a 30-day rolling contract for that anyway. So I would take the MiFi with me and I would use what data um, allowance we have on there first. The 3G part of it was if you needed the MiFi, then I need to connect somehow. And to buy another MiFi would be more expensive than going for one 3G iPad. So that was why I went for it. The other reason was... Um, they decided with the iPads to be very sensible, I think, uh, where they're not locked to a network. You can carry around three SIMs with you, one from each network, and just pop in whichever one you want. Which, with what we found with the coverage, I thought was an excellent idea. And that was exactly what I wanted to do with the MiFi. Problem with doing that is that they don't really offer the same real pay-as-you-go. Uh, their definition of pay-as-you-go is that you give them money every month. And they give you some things free. That's not pay as you go. That is a 30 day rolling contract where you give them money. Uh, whereas the iPad, you only really pay for what you use. So I ordered the 3G one and I did get a SIM with it, which was just as well. They didn't tell you that. And um, I haven't used any data at all. I popped the SIM in, turned the, the 3G off and that's that. But it's there if I need it. So that was my thinking. Ah, right. Uh, I think we got the confirmations, didn't we, straight away? Yeah, I placed two orders. I placed uh, one in your name and one in mine. I can't remember why, really. I don't know why I just didn't place one order for both. Um, because it means that if one went astray, then both would have gone astray. Well, I suppose with our order history and your MacBook Pro, that well, that would make sense. And there was also a limit on ordering two. So, you know, if you decided later you wanted another one, then somebody else would have to order it. So I did place two separate orders and we got confirmation straight away of the order but uh, we were then waiting for shipping confirmation yeah i actually got that on the i think the 22nd yes all right for some i didn't yeah now i'd actually originally planned to book the day off the friday the 28th um but with no store pickup what i decided to do actually was to to work from home instead and just wait for the i would say postman to arrive but it was uh, a courier best laid plans yeah, because although the shipping date said the 28th, it then became the 27th. Yes, and it was the 26th before I got my shipping confirmation. Yeah, now I was at work on the 27th, so uh, that left you to deal with uh, the deliveries, didn't it? It did. It left me ready to pounce on not one, but two delivery men. Ah, the lucky boys. Yeah, that was strange. I mean, you know, same address and two couriers. Well, luckily for me, mine arrived first at eight minutes past nine sharp and I had all day to play. So you even remember the time. I do. I do. How geeky. Mm, I know. <laughs> so I you did rang the honourable thing. Yes, you rang me and you said, it's arrived, it's arrived. But now I've got to wait till you get home. Yes, I know. Uh, I played the what? helpless female brilliantly, <laughs> yes, didn't I? <laughs> you did, and I said, why don't you open it and get on with it? <laughs> so I did. <laughs> yes, whilst I spent most of the morning hitting the refresh on UPS's website. 
Um, of course, nothing changed. It still said uh, out on a van some 60 miles down south. Yes, but the thing was it had been saying that at that stage by, for 15 hours. Yeah, 6.30 mm. that morning, and I thought, you know, how long does it really take to drive up 60 miles? But obviously you have to stop at every house, a bit like Father Christmas. Yes. Drop off these iPads. <laughs> Well, actually, I did say to the delivery man who dropped mine off, I signed for it with a shaking hand, and I took the, the precious parcels off him, and I said, it's my iPad! And he said, oh, no, I've got hundreds of them! <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy! Uh, yeah, then, then at half past 12, I, the thing was I then had to stop because I was actually training all afternoon, so, yeah, I couldn't sit there refreshing, refreshing. But uh, it finally arrived at 2.30 because you sent me a text... So I got home, saw the boxes, and I showed great restraint because uh, Mayor wanted his walk. He's very demanding. He is. But he showed great restraint. He hadn't ripped the boxes open for you. Mm, true. And even then, when you'd returned from the dog walk, there was a MacBytes Live that night too. There was. Um, I had threatened actually on Twitter that I was going to leave it till the next day, but actually by the time <laughs> I got home, I decided, now nah, let's rip the boxes open. Exactly. So, But then it was enjoyment all the way, wasn't it? It, uh, it was. I did actually get to show it off uh, on the Friday um, at work, but uh, then disaster struck. Uh, I was watching a video on YouTube and the video ended and it went to a black screen and I looked at this black screen and there was a red dot and it was a dead pixel. And what we then did is uh, you came up with your testing... Uh, oh, I have a testing kit, I do. Testing kit, yes. Um, it's a set of graphics of primary colours. Um, I use them for uh, desktop backgrounds as well. Um, I, I put them on a Mac to check. You know, you buy a new Mac and, and you've got one eye closed because you don't want to know that there's a dead pixel. So um, I, I had made a set of these um, coloured, just coloured images, really, coloured JPEGs, and uh, gave them to you to check it with. That confirmed, really, didn't it, that it was a dead pixel? It was quite strange because you'd seen it as red on black, but it actually showed up more on red. It then looked black, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was strange, but it was definitely definitely something. It was wrong definitely with something it. wrong with it, but it was one of those situations where the more you look at it, you end up going cross-eyed. Yeah. You start hallucinating, don't you? Seeing dead pixels everywhere, so you, so you're cleaning it and you're checking it, and then when you know that it was red, you assume if you put black on there, you'll see it, and then you couldn't. But then when you put red on, you could. So, sadly, an emergency trip to the local branch of the mothership was called for, and. That was when the fun really started, wasn't it? Uh, In fact, yeah. it started before we even got there. Because um, I said you need to book a genius appointment. This was on the Friday night, wasn't it? About nine o'clock-ish? About, yeah. And I expected there, sh there would be genius bar appointments. <laughs> Silly me. Uh, we've got, we're lucky. We've got three stores. We've got the Trafford Centre, Liverpool and Manchester. All within sort of half an hour, 45 minutes journey. Um, the Trafford Centre, of course, not our favourite store, not our favourite. So that left um, Liverpool or Manchester. And just to give you an idea, there was uh, we tried to book an appointment in Liverpool and they didn't have any until the Thursday of the following week, which was insane. So uh, luckily we managed to get one at the Arndale um, the following morning. That was about half eleven, wasn't it? It's half eleven. So we left in plenty of time. Yes, there wasn't a problem with the dog. He gets us up. So uh, he'd been taken out and walked. 
And we had easy an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. So mm. I, I decided we, we'd have it leisurely this time. Because after the last fiasco, let's keep it leisurely. And then we met a major traffic jam due to major roadworks. Now, when they say major, oh boy, they do mean major. We were on the, the main road for what? Half an hour? Something like By that. By the cathedral, yeah. the old cathedral. Yes, for at least half an hour. Thinking, a bit like my dad says, should have gone the other way. Which I did say. Typical backseat drive. I did say we should have gone through Salford. But uh, we finally made it through said roadworks, said traffic jam, and we got to within sight of the car park entrance. By this stage, there was only 10 minutes to the appointment, so it was going to be a bit of a rush job anyway. But this, and this car park's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. You've got to do a real sharp right at a set of lights, but you don't actually go through the lights. You have to do a sharp right before the light. So, of course, there's people behind tooting at you and oncoming traffic that you're trying to avoid. And just as you got in the most awkward position to turn into it, we both noticed that there was a car straddling the entrance with a handwritten sign on the side that says this entrance is shut. That was bad news because although there is another entrance and it's only 20 yards away, it's on the other side of the tram tracks on which there were copious trams, by which time we were in the wrong lane to turn anywhere. So we had no option but to carry straight on thinking, well, the air was blue, wasn't it? It was. Because I knew there was no way that we could get to the other entrance. That's why. Because I'd already thought of that. Uh, we probably need to point out here, although we're Mancunians, lived here all our lives, I have been to Manchester no more than three times since 1996, I think, was the IRA bomb, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, so since 1996, I've been three times. To say it's changed is an understatement. So we ended up on this road going heaven knows where, just looking for somewhere really to stop so you could get out and I could drive on. But, as luck would have it, we found a car park. Well, I say car park. It was more like a red wreck, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. So well, you did find a space. We did get out and I said, I've got a better idea. Um, you know, I will take the car. I will get in that other car park if it kills me. Little did I know it probably nearly did. Um, and you go ahead and you rush up there and, and take, you know, make sure you don't miss the appointment. So you did. You legged it off at that point. That was when the rain started really heavily. So I gets out of the, the, the passenger side, goes around to get into the driver's side, straight through that six inch puddle that you'd parked in. And it was so nice when we left the house. I was wearing sandals. And I was wearing a Matt Bites T-shirt. Yes, but. Your T-shirt might have been wet. That wasn't a major issue. My feet being wet was a major issue to me. So um, I get in the car. I think you had the easier journey from there, didn't you? Because an hour later, I'd managed to get round the block. This block being about half a mile. And these roadworks were the national grid and they had dug up every road in Manchester. You couldn't turn right, you couldn't turn left. So I ended up on a road going to Oldham. Which, for the uninitiated, is... What's it they say about Oldham? Two overcoats colder? Mm. Yes, not good news. I did eventually, and I do mean eventually, navigate my way to the entrance to the car park on the other side of the tram track. And in I went. But it took me an hour. So I had no idea what you were doing at the time. I was in the store. 
I was dealing with a genius. Oh, you were dry and warm then? Mm. Mm. I'm dealing with a genius. So I got my appointment, I showed him my iPad and he looked at it and he agreed that there was indeed a dead pixel. In fact, he called it a sub-pixel. So it's like a pixel of a pixel, really. Yeah, broken. Mm. Mm. But he he agreed that it was uh, it was broken. So I said, right, well, um, in that case, all I want to do is exchange it. Um, and he said, you can't. So I said, you know, why not? And apparently it's it's the fact that I bought it online. I didn't buy it in store. Um, and he gave me all this this stuff about they have different systems and different barcodes and there's no record that it was bought in store and it's like buying from two different companies. Which and I we said, know is rubbish because they do swap laptops. Mm. I think the problem is it that it was an iPad and because it was a brand new product, they weren't doing it. Yeah, they had to stick to the rules. And... Um, you know, I said, I can understand if I bought it from Curry's or PC World, you know, totally different company. But, you know, Apple is Apple is Apple, whether you buy it in online, whether you buy it in Manchester, whether you buy it in Timbuktu. You well, we both said that we both know people who have bought iPhones from other companies. They have then, OK, a good few months later, had a problem with it, taking it back to Apple and Apple have swapped it. And if they have bought that from somewhere like Carphone Warehouse or Curry's or somewhere like that, it's excellent customer service, but it's not so good when you take something in that's barely 24 hours old and they don't want to know. Mm. Well, I packed up the iPad, um, walked out the store, turned back... Not before back. you'd spoken to the manager. Yeah, that's coming to that. Walked out the store, turned back and decided, no, I'm going to speak to the manager. So I spoke to the manager and I explained everything again, everything, even mentioned that um, we've got a business account there. Uh, that cut no ice. Like you said, she, she, she said it's because it's an iPad, because it's so new, um, we've got to stick to the rules. And, and you know, I, I said, you, is it that you can't help me or that you won't help me? And she, she just said, well, we've got to stick to the rules. Um, and she apologised and she understood. And she said, you know, if there's anything I can do to help. But, you know, at the end of the day, was she paying lip service? Was she was it just a token gesture? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I still didn't have the iPad fixed or I didn't wasn't able to discuss it. To, I wasn't able to... Uh, to swap it so it was uh back to the car to discuss the next move wasn't it call for reinforcements you mean yes exactly take you with me that's what i said mm. um the only thing to do we decided was to send it back well that was what they told you yes and wait for them to check whether they would swap it so the situation was you'd got a broken one they wouldn't give you another one, so you'd got to send it back to the online store. The online store then had to run diagnostics on it. Mm. Even if they agreed there was a sub-pixel, dead pixel, call it what you like, it's not right, uh, it was within their remit whether they would change it or not. Yeah. So there was no guarantees at all. No. Which I didn't find acceptable, which was when I got involved. So I had a plan. The legal beagle. Oh, I always have a plan. Mm. Right. My plan was uh, to return to the store, get the retail store to confirm that the pixel was dead, stuck, Uncle Fester's cousin, call it what you like, not right, um, and then get the retail store to contact the online store. Um, 
in the hope that they would explain it, um, which would mean that the, because it's okay me getting on and saying there's a dead pixel. It's not quite the same as the genius or the manager of a retail store getting on and telling them there's a dead pixel. Because what I wanted the online store to do was to issue an RTM code and agree to an unqualified refund, which would mean that you could purchase another one from the retail store that day, arrange to get the old one collected and hopefully get the refund before the credit card bill was due. Mm, and that was a good plan in theory. It was. And two managers and the head of the business department later, with copious genii, it was a good plan in practice too. Uh, they agreed to it all and it worked. Uh, it did leave them bemoaning the fact that they had not yet had one returned. And they were very helpful. They were as helpful as they could be. And once I'd given them my plan, once I'd told them what we would be doing, they were fine. And they were very, very helpful. I do think it, it was something that had come down from head office. I can imagine the chaos that would be in there, people taking them back because they want to change models and things like that, maybe. Um, so I, I, I think, to be honest, they were great, especially Dean. So hello to Dean. He was very, very helpful. And um, you left with... Well, we left with a shiny new iPad and a few other goodies and retired to a local hostelry with MacBook Pro, MiFi, three iPads, yours, mine and a spare, two iPhones and a partridge in a pear tree and all was well with the world. Uh, not quite, because uh, that's when I found a defect in the glass. Yes. So back we went. You know they said they hadn't had one returned. Mm, I think they've seen enough of us for one day, haven't they? No such thing as too much of me. True. But they didn't argue. And after checking it, and he used my, my graphics to check it with, there was lots of squinting at it going on and rubbing it with uh, microfiber cloths. Um, he agreed uh, that there was a fault with it and he swapped it again. At which point we left the store for the second time your third time, with a shiny new iPad and a few other goodies. And guess what? We retired to a local hostelry with the MacBook Pro, the MiFi, three different iPads, two iPhones and a partridge in a pear tree to check this one. And this time you occupied yourself doing demos to the locals. Oh, yes, there were two. It was, um, it was actually Waterstones we went into that time, wasn't it? Mm. Um, because the, the tables were better at Waterstones. So we went in there and there was um, two youngish people um, and the girl said to the guy oh yeah but it's just a big iphone isn't it i thought you were going to hit her and i think you might have done but for the fact you were checking your was that your third ipad i think it was yeah of, of that day so um I it's thought, just a big iphone that doesn't make calls isn't it mm. i thought heathen didn't stop her having a head on a ratchet though trying to watch me using it did it mm. and then there was a very nice couple as well um, an older couple who were really taken with it. I could tell they were taken with it. Um, but I, I don't th I think the lady in particular was out in the market for what she thought was a laptop. But then she'd seen the iPad and she'd seen it on the news. And, and she had just one question, which I know you were smiling at. She wanted to know if the whole Internet was on it. So I told her it was. <laughs> yeah, right. The whole Internet. Yeah, I know. I know. But she was really taken with it. So you're right. I did demo it very, very well. And... Um, Oh, about 10, 15 minutes later, the couple headed off to uh, the Apple store to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so, a success at the end of the day when you'd finished squinting at that one, was there? Yep. And it was back to the car park we went to be officially mugged. 
that car park's a bit expensive, isn't it? Was it a tenner for four hours? It's or a something? tenner for four hours. Ten pounds for four hours. And if you go over four hours, it just gets even more ridiculous. So at the point we came to leave, having paid our exorbitant amount of money to get out, what was the car park like? Mad. Half Gridlock. an hour to get out, wasn't it? Gridlock. We were sat trying to get out of the car park for 40 minutes, which wouldn't have been so bad, but they give you an exit ticket and the exit ticket is good for 10 minutes. So when we got to the bottom, um, there was a man there opening the thing and taking the tickets off you. So, so much for automation. And that uh, part of the hold-up, apart from the roadworks outside, which I've gone into in great detail, was people trying to pay at the gate, not back before they get into their cars like they should. Oh, no. Trying to pay at the barrier downstairs, which would be bad enough, with a credit card. Wally of the week, do you think? Mm. But there was more than one of them. It's very, very sad. So we, de we declared, after we got out of the place, never again, didn't we? Never, we did. ever again. Until the next time. Mm. Which is Thursday. Next Thursday. Mm. Mm. <sighs> that was the things we do for our Apple kit. So at that point, we both had working iPads and it was on to software must-haves. And uh, I think my first one had to be, wasn't the first one I bought because I already had it, um, 1Password Pro. I'm sure the listeners will remember that we had 1Password and then 1Password came out with an application called 1Password Pro. And we all sat there and read it all about it and scratched our heads and said, what's the difference? What are the extra features? And we didn't know, did we? No. They did say... Um, there would be new features in the future, but this was a long time before the iPad was announced. And luckily, uh, one of those new features is iPad support. So if you do have 1Password Pro, the iPad version is a free upgrade, although there is an iPad-only version as well. So I remember trying to explain why we needed it, and Jane said, because. because. And she was quite right. Mm. She was absolutely quite right. So I'm very, very glad I got that. I think they even did 1Password Pro free for a weekend a while back because I remember getting it for my dad. So customer focused company there, I think, as were um, the ITV, the Elgato people, because they've given you a free upgrade to iPad as well, as have Ecophone, although I'm having trouble getting that to sync at the moment. So fingers crossed that that does sync because it's my Twitter client of choice. And I know that you've been having great fun with Evernote. Yeah, I've started liking Evernote now. Well, I didn't dislike it in the first place. You just didn't uh, use it much. I just didn't use it much. But um, no, I've, now that I'm more mobile with the iPad and you know, big screen, um, it means that I, I've started using it more. So size really does matter then? Yes. Mm. I knew there was a segue in there somewhere. Yeah, I thought so. It's a bloke thing. <laughs> and another one I've been using, which is a freebie, is um, Adobe Ideas. Have you tried that? I have. I've, I've shown that. That's a good one for showing off, isn't it? Demoing what it can do. I actually got Adobe Ideas for the phone and I loved it on the phone, but it really is a little bit too fiddly, isn't it? It's very, very usable on the iPad. So I really like that one. It's sort of a I drawing. I didn't know one. it was for the phone. You know, I thought it was just for the iPad. Well, when it came out, it was the iPad they were pushing it for. But obviously we didn't have the iPad in the UK at that time. So um, when I realised there was a version for the phone, I thought, well, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, it, it is like an idea generator. It's, it's for the design creatives out there. So um, I think if you've got no design ideas at all, it's more like sort of painting with colour. You mean me? Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, like I say, bzzz. Yes, that's that's how you do it. But uh, what's bzzz? That's what you do when you move your mouse. You just wiggle your mouse and, and try and make something <laughs> look half decent. Um, no, it, you can put photos in there and then draw across the top of them. So it's quite handy for marking things up as well. So I think that's got potential. And then you can save back what you've done to your camera roll. So considering it's free, it's well worth having a look at. And from the sublime to the ridiculous, because then I started spending money. <laughs> I do stress started. I wouldn't exactly say it stopped yet. And um, I splashed out big style, didn't I? You did. Yes, I bought Omnigraffle, which is, I think, $50 and £30. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. It really, really is. Um, they have bet the company really on the iPad they're bringing all their products to it so I can't wait for OmniFocus as well and Omni Outliner but there's two available there's OmniGraffle and OmniGraph Sketcher now OmniGraph Sketcher is probably a bit more niche um, in that it, it does graphs so OmniGraffle's got a, a much broader appeal maybe um, I think it's worth every penny I know there were rumblings when the prices were announced and Omni replied to that by saying that they would get, give you a 30 day money back guarantee because there's no trial versions and things. So I think that's um, a company I, I can deal with. And I didn't think twice about spending £30 on it. I think OmniGraffle Pro for the Mac is nearly $200 or something like that. Something like that, It's yeah. It's expensive. But it's one of those apps where when I first looked at it, I was coming to the Mac from Windows. I was using Visio and I was thinking this isn't going to match up to Visio. I've used Visio for 12 years. This isn't going to work. And it does. It's better. It's better. So to have that functionality available on the iPad, it's one of those apps that you can demo to people and, and show off. It really is. So if you if you do diagrams of any kind at all, at least have a look at it. There are cheaper options if you do one type of diagram. So if you do sort of wireframe diagrams um, for web design, there's things that are about five or six pounds. Thing with OmniGraffle is it does any kind of diagrams. So um, I was tempted by some of those five to six pound ones because they look nice and simple. But I thought, nope, stick with OmniGraffle, then it will work on the desktop and you won't have any problems. And I'm very, very happy with it. And another one that um, I got, I think this one's free, isn't it? Um, Gawala. Now, is it Gawala? Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I pronounce it. Well, well yeah, well, that's, let's, let's stick with that then before I make a fool of myself. Um, the iPhone app's not bad, but the iPad app is gorgeous. So I haven't had too much occasion to use it yet. I've not really taken my iPad out for a day where I would be Gawala-ing. But um, it's beautiful. It's not just a port of the iPhone app. They've really sort of gone to town, um, making it much better and, and work with the, the better features that you've got on the iPad. Um, it's sort of like Foursquare. And no, I don't send my Gowalas to Twitter. So you may not. If you follow me on Twitter, you won't have seen any. Uh, I, I don't cross pollinate. People get very uppity, don't they, when all they get is a map. I don't. I'm nosy. <laughs> I click some of them anyway. But um, that's what Gawala is, so I like the Gawala app. And I think another one that you haven't seen is Eyewitness from The Guardian. I'm not seeing that, no. It's um, it's just photos, but they are stunning photos. Um, it's updated, so like a newspaper, but just photos. And the photographs are utterly amazing from sort of places in the world where there are news events happening. And the pictures are stunning. You could just sit there browsing them for hours. So again, that's another one that's free. So it's beautiful, beautiful, well worth looking at. 
and uh, my, I was thrilled when my favourite RSS reader, which is called Reader, that's R-E-E-D-R, -E -E came to the iPad because um, I'm sure the MacBiters will remember I had an argument to pick with Net Newswire that I'd paid for a version, then it went free, then they wanted paying again to take the adverts away, and I binned it at that point. What I'd been doing was I had to use Google Reader as the back end, uh, and I was using clients on my iPhone. Um, I tried two, and they were okay, but a bit flaky. And if you had quite a few feeds you were downloading, then, then they just crashed. And then I tried one called Reader, and of course this is costing you money, two, three pounds every time you try one. And then I tried this one called Reader, and it was just fantastic. It was faster than the desktop one. And what I'd taken to doing was not using a desktop one at all, because I don't actually like the interface for Google Reader. So I was using Reader on the iPhone as my sole RSS reader. So to be able to get that on the iPad, and if it's good on the phone, on the iPad, it's just just blows you away. So I, I don't bother. I've got Grummel on the desktop, but I really don't bother with it much because Reader's just such a nice experience. But my pick of the week has got to be... Oh, yes, it's the World Cup, and that is Vuvuzela 2010. Isn't it great? Back to the bzzz again, aren't we? Sort of, yes. Oh, oh, that's worse than the Windy apps. Sorry, sorry, got carried away there. Anyway, that's enough about what's on the iPad, what we've put on our iPads. What's not there? I was, for one, was incredibly thankful that there are no plans to bring Microsoft Office to the iPad. Thank the Lord. Yes, um, I'm using iWork. I've got Pages, Keynote and Numbers, which I didn't mention in what we've got on there, but I have, and... They are amazing. Numbers in particular. I'm no great fan of spreadsheets, uh, but numbers is just gorgeous. In fact, seeing them on the iPad makes me even more desperate to get iWork 10 or 11 or whatever they intend to call it. Please update iWork because you've put some fantastic stuff in the iPad versions and I can't wait to get some of that functionality in the desktop version. Yeah, you don't actually need um, Office, though, because you have got Docs to go and uh, Office HD, which are capable of uh, editing Office documents. Yeah, I've, I've got both of them, but I don't actually have Microsoft Office documents that much. If they're my documents, then they'll be iWork ones. But if I get documents from other people and I need them, then, yeah, I've got both of those as well. We went for the Pro one this time, didn't we? Because that has the iPad support. Yeah. We already had uh, the standard one. I think that they were a bit off with their upgrade. Um, there is docs to go standard, I think, and docs to go pro. Um, I think the difference now is something to do with transferring the files, isn't it, to the iPad? I but think originally so. the difference was that the pro one had Exchange integration, which I, for one, will never ever use. And uh, I don't think you're allowed to use yours at work. No. So we didn't bother. Uh, the price difference was such that we said, well, there's no point paying for a feature we are never going to use. But again, what they've done with this, they then changed it from docs to go Exchange to docs to go Premium, I think it's called. And that's got sort of the features in that now you need. So that lesson be learnt, if there's a Premium or Pro version, probably get that first round and, and be done with it. Um, because unless they bring out a super premium one, you'll probably get the updates for it. So uh, lesson learned there, I think. Well, I don't know about you, but I had a few concerns from what I've heard from other people. Um, a lot of 
the early adopters in the States were saying that the Wi-Fi was weak. But to be honest, I found it perfect. I haven't had one drop connection. I found it perfect. Um, and I've, it's it's been a full signal in places around the house and the garden where the, the phone doesn't work at all. Yeah, I know in the back garden, we, we seem to have slate in the back wall. And no matter how many expresses I've got relaying the signal, uh, once you get into the back garden, it drops off. But a full signal on the iPad. So yeah. um, I can only assume it's the hardware. Our iPhones aren't the 3GS, they are the 3G, so they're two years old. Um, it's obviously the hardware improvements because it's the same network. And um, what people were complaining about was dropped signals. I know with yours, yours is Wi-Fi only. Uh, mine with the 3G, I turned it off. So it's acting just the same as yours, and I haven't had one problem with it. No, I haven't. So that was what some people were saying. The other, the other things people were complaining about was no camera. That's no loss to me. I would never use it as a camera. I think if they're going to put a camera on it, it's going to be a front-facing one for video chat. It, it just seems unnatural to want to take a photograph with it, actually, the same way that you would do with the, with the phone. I think it's just the physicality of the it, phone, yeah. isn't it? it? It looks like, well, it behaves like a camera. The thing is, of course, the iPad's got fantastic features for managing photos. Mm. So you do think, hmm, if it had a camera, but you, you would not stand there and use it as a camera. It would have to... It would have to work maybe by remote control or something, so you wouldn't yeah. look a complete dork. <laughs> <laughs> but there are options, aren't there? There's some software called Camera A and Camera B, which uses the camera from your iPhone and transfers the image to your iPad. So if you want to get clever with it, um, you could go down that route. One of the problems that I've had, and I know a couple of other people that we follow on Twitter have mentioned, is the shiny screen. Um, I actually took it out uh, into the sunshine at work and I couldn't actually see anything on it. Um, a couple of other people have mentioned they've had issues with the fluorescent lights in their office, although I've not actually had that problem. I've that just, sounds I've... pretty similar to complaints about the shiny IMAX, doesn't it? Yeah. Um and I think somebody made the point, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I said, well, rearrange the office. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> really, mm. it's what I did. Um, so, yes, I think I, I probably have exactly the same problems as anybody else if I took it outside. But outside, remind me again. Oh, oh. yes, it's that place with no computers, isn't it? Mm. No, I don't go out there much, so I, it doesn't worry me. Having said that, you know, I did make use of the uh, shiny screen, uh, making it, using it as a mirror because I wanted to take a photo of my face for a reason that I'm not going to go into. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> go on then. It was the Back the Beard campaign. It was the Back the Beard campaign. And in, even though England aren't out, the beard's gone because it was getting itchy and a certain person didn't like it either. No, I didn't. No. But obviously, with it being a back-facing camera, it's difficult to know whether you've got your face in shot. So I actually, very sad, I actually used the shiny screen of the iPad to act as a kind of mirror anyway. Enough of that. So after that shameful, shameful admission. Yeah, I've also heard people say um, about this version. Now, it could well be that they really want one and they're not getting one. So they're making things up. But I actually heard somebody who I thought better of because they, they work in a technical job say they're not buying one until it's got a USB slot. And I thought, well, there'll be snowball in hell's chance you'll be getting one at all then. I can't see Steve putting a USB slot on it anytime soon. Can you? I can't. Um, now, of course, there is the camera connection kit 
and that will sort of do the job. Um, there's two pieces to that. That's another ridiculous thing, is it? £25 for two pieces of plastic. One reads your SD cards and the other one gives you a USB connection. So first thing I tried was, can you plug in said pen drive? Because that's what she wanted the USB slot for. Um, and yes, you can. Uh, and it comes back with a message saying, can't read this. But if you put a folder on it called uh, DCIM, that's it, isn't it? Digital camera images. Mm. The, the standard folder that you have on a memory card from a camera and you put pictures in it, then it will read it. So if you've got images on a pen drive, as long as they're in that folder, um, you can attach it via the camera connection kit and your pictures will load into the photo app on the iPad. So that's as near as you're going to get for a USB slot, I think. But they're not really... Well, actually, I can sum that up, can't I? Said person was a Windows user <laughs> with a Windows mentality of, hmm, I need a pen drive to make it work. So, no, you don't. I, I think Mac users are more in the cloud people. Don't know what you think. Yeah. Um, we're, we're more open-minded to alternatives, I think. And in that vein, I also heard somebody say, it needs an Ethernet socket. Uh, I suppose I want a green flashing light on the socket as well. <laughs> I can see that point if there's no Wi-Fi, but that's mm. what 3G is for. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to be getting an Ethernet socket anytime soon. Um, unless you could attach it to the bottom, but then it wouldn't be as portable, would it? So no, I, I can't see that happening anytime soon. Things that the iPad shouldn't have, and I think those two are probably way up there. Uh, so what else did we buy? Well, we'd ordered, I ordered a case and a dock and a camera connection kit, and it all arrived um, on the first day. I was concerned that I'd bought the case, to be honest. And re the reason I'd done it was I didn't think there would be any other cases around. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll make do with this and I'll get something better when it comes out. And when the case arrived, yes, it feels very flimsy. Uh, but then you put it on and actually, I like it. I like the case because it makes it look like um, an executive folder, doesn't it? You can carry it around and it's, it's not immediately obvious that it is an iPad. Well, there are better ones if, if what you want is to look like an executive folder. There are leather ones, aren't there? Um, the thing that got me with it was the way the front flops over, it is like a book. And that's what I use it mainly for at the moment. Mm. So, And it does keep the front covered. So rather than those sort of iPhone style cases where the front is completely open and you're carrying it around putting fingerprints all over the glass and actually having the glass exposed. I like the fact it folds over. So when it arrived, I, th I, I looked at it in the plastic and thought, oh dear. And then once I, I sort of played with the iPad a bit, I thought I better get, get this case on it. And I put it on, I thought, actually this really works. It was one of those things where Apple really do know best and I doubted them. So um, I really, really like the case. The thing with it is it's sort of made of like a felt type fabric, isn't it? I have never, ever, seen any other fabric get as dirty as that does it picks up every finger mark every speck of dust in fact i don't even know what half of the dirt is it's sort of like white marks and all sorts isn't it yeah it's amazing what what it picks up luckily it's fairly easy to clean um, i've just taken to cleaning it with a microfiber cloth but I've never, ever seen anything pick up dirt like that does. So the case I didn't think I was going to like, and it's much better than I thought. But where I did go sadly wrong was buying that dock. 
I don't know what you think, but the word useless springs to mind. To Mine me. is still in the box, hasn't been taken out, hasn't, it haven't even taken the the cellophane off it. So, um, no, if anyone wants, wants a dock, <laughs> it's Yeah, well, I'm, I'm about to diss the docks, so I don't think they will. Um, Somebody might find a use for it. Well, they might, yeah. Um, I found, I mean, it, obviously it works. It works, you know, it, you can put the iPod in it, the iPad in it, and it's fine. But when it comes to sort of trying to type on it, it does move. It rocks. It doesn't feel very secure. It doesn't rock in that way. Though, no, 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 it? not rock in that way. <laughs> rock as in move. Move precariously it makes rocks. me worry about my iPad. Um it also, you can't use it with a case on, so you'd be taking a case on and off. I know you could mod the case to, to fit it, but that seems sledgehammer to crack a nut. I wasn't overly impressed with it at all, because another thing is, I've got the dock for the phone, and you can, although it's not intended to do that, you can use that on its side. So you could, you could have it an iPhone in its dock, charging on its side, and it props it up and you can watch video. I've worked out with the iPad, I would probably use it more on its side than I would in portrait. And of course the dock, not a, not a chance, not a chance. I did try it. It would probably work if it was the width of the iPad, but with it being just very narrow, it just flops backwards. It's useless, absolutely useless. So I think that lasted about half an hour and I was going crazy because I needed something else. Um, you know, if I wanted it to be charging, then it had to be in there and I couldn't have it on its side. Oh, it was horrible. I don't like the dock at all. I, I wish I had not bought the dock. But you know what you like with Apple products? You assume uh, that they'll all be great. Apart from the case, obviously, which I thought would be rubbish that it isn't. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> so we were in need so of... So what do you know? Yeah, what do I know? So I trust Steve. But the dock, Steve, it stinks. I don't like it at all. So, um... We were in the market for something to stand it on. And we actually had discussed um, at the Map Bites Live, hadn't we, a book arc. And it looked gorgeous. And when we got to the Apple Store, that was one of the things we were actually in the queue with, I think, at the time, weren't we? We talking, were. We were about talking, to buy yeah, two About of them. to buy two of them. Um, the only thing was, at that stage, of course, we had a spare iPad to play around with. So we were trying it. We, they actually let us unbox it and have a go with it. And it was beautiful. It was much better than the dock um, it would hold it in both orientations it would charge um, in both orientations the thing with it was it held it okay i would say without the case although it wasn't as solid as, as i would like for typing on but it, it certainly held it nicely um, there are two silicon inserts and one of them holds it more upright than the other. The problem with it was when you try putting it in in the case, it was too tight. It would go in just about, but it made the um, iPad tilt forward slightly. So I wasn't 100% sold on it. I was concerned what I was going to do with the case. You know, I'd have to be, keep taking the case on and off, which I didn't want to. But we were still stood in the queue with it because I thought, well, I've seen other stuff and you know, the dock. The dock's the alternative, so take the book arc and be done with it. Um, and then just as we were in the queue, I spotted another one from Griffin called an A-frame. It didn't look anything like as pretty, but oh boy, is it functional. Um, I think it's just brilliant. It holds it absolutely steady. It looks like a little copy holder. Um, it's got silicon at the bottom, 
to cradle it so it doesn't damage it at all. Um, the iPad will sit in it whether it's got the case on or not, whether you fold the case behind it, whether you have the case dangling over the back. It will charge it. You can even attach the camera connection kit while it's in the stand, while it's in the case. Uh, and the dock as well if you like if you really like the dock that much, you can uh, attach the dock to the bottom of it. Now you might think, well, why would you attach the dock to the bottom of it? Um, because if you attach the dock to the bottom of it and then um, your speaker cable to the dock, you can get it playing through your speakers and you've not got cables draped all around it. So I think it's the perfect stand for me. I really, really like that. Um, it, it does look a bit, what would you say? I don't know. I like it. No, I like it too, but it's very um, it's very tech. It's a piece of tech, isn't it? It's aluminium, mm. um, silver, and the silicon on it. So it's very tech. It might not suit people who want something that looks less tech uh, in the living room, for which a friend of ours, James, James Turner, has the perfect solution uh, in something he's made with his company called Woodpad. And it's an iPod stand. It will hold it both orientations again. You can charge it um, at least in landscape, can't you? And of course, you can charge um, on any stand, even if it won't, if the cable won't fit in the bottom. If you char if you put the iPad in upside down, as long as you don't mind the cable coming out of the top, you could have it charging um, that way as well. Uh, and he's got a, a site called woodpad.co.uk, and uh, they are hand finished stands, and they are beautiful, aren't they? They are, they're gorgeous. Yeah, there's five different woods that they're made from, from mahogany to, um, I think, ash is the lightest, isn't it? And um, they look very, very nice. They'd look great in your living room. Um, I don't know about typing on them. I'm a bit concerned after my book arc experience and my dock experience. I'll have to ask James how sturdy it is to type on, but uh, certainly worth a look. They would look gorgeous in your living room, I'd say. So what does that leave us with? Uh, Bluetooth keyboard, um, which I've actually used quite a lot. Um, what I've found is, do you, do you do much typing with it in the um, the frame, in the stand? Um, depends what I'm doing, being honest. Because what I, I mean, what I did is I actually wrote a whole blog post. I used Evernote to actually write the blog post, although you know I could have written it in pages or something. But I thought I want to write a long blog post on on nothing to do with the iPad, uh, but use the iPad to type it up on. Um, and I did do that using the on-screen keyboard, really just to use Jay's, Jane's phrase because because I wanted to see if I could just to see. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's not a good use of because, but carry on. Yeah, just just to see how easy it would be. Uh, but I actually laid it flat on the desk. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. Um, rather than actually leaving it in the uh, stand and typing, and it, you know, I was quite comfortable with it. Um, and I've got used to actually using the on-screen keyboard quite a lot. But I've got the Bluetooth keyboard because um, I take that to work with the MacBook Pro. So I thought I'd give that a go. So I've got that out, paired it up with the iPad, just turn the, the Bluetooth on on the iPad, pair it up. And it works like a charm. Um, and it means that you don't have to have the iPad right in front of you. It can be sitting at an angle or whatever, um, you know, as you can with any device that supports the Bluetooth uh, keyboard um, and what I found is that if you've got the Bluetooth keyboard paired to the iPad then you can't 
automatically bring up the on-screen keyboard but if you press the eject key on the iPad then sorry not the iPad if you press the eject key on the keyboard the real keyboard then it actually brings up the on-screen keyboard oh that's cool it is cool it automatically hides the on-screen keyboard when you uh, turn the Bluetooth keyboard yes on. it does that's what I mean and then you can press the escape key on the Bluetooth keyboard and bring up the on-screen keyboard oh you make life complicated so our ipad wrap up are we glad we bought it well i certainly have no regrets i'm assuming you don't no not at all no, no buyer's regret in my bites headquarters though no is it better than we thought um i think it is better than i thought but uh i don't think i had any preconceived ideas to be honest um, when I saw it demoed, when I saw Steve demoing it, I looked at the interface and he's holding it up and saying, it's, you know, it's magical, it's revolutionary. And I'm thinking, hmm, there's lots of gaps between the icons. You know, um, the whole thing, it makes... It, at the time, as I looked at it, I thought the iPhone interface is perfect and that's just got big gaps all over the place. It needs more icons. But now I've used it, the iPad interface actually makes the iPhone look cramped now. So, um... Yeah, I think it is better than I thought. And the experience of reading books on it is just perfect. The case is better than I thought. But, as we've just said, what's worse than we thought? The dock. The dock. Eh, eh. <laughs> dock's not good. Thumbs no. down for the dock. Yeah. And our most used app features. Um, well, me, it's uh, iBooks. I read lots and lots, especially O'Reilly. Um, O'Reilly is a publishing company. Um provide ebooks so you can actually go to o'reilly.com and you can buy lots of computer books in ebook format and they don't limit you i think i think it's the way forward they give you four formats that you can download in so you can have a pdf uh epub one for android and oh, something else so i like the way that they don't limit you um sometimes you, you go and you try and buy an ebook and it put me off for years Oh, that you know, you need um, an e an EPUB reader for your desktop. Senior, wasn't it? No, no, no. There was one from Adobe, um, Adobe Digital Editions, and That's the reading right. experience with it is beautiful. The problem with it is it's got DRM in it. You can only download the book once. You can only download the book twice. You can only read the book on one computer. Oh, for heaven's sake! A book is a book, and I want to take it with me. I want to do whatever I want to do with it. So I don't like that. But O'Reilly, there's no DRM in it. Um, you just buy it, and you're good to go which I like. So I probably buy more books from O'Reilly rather than less because of that, um, which is just as well because there isn't much I've seen computer related in the iBook store at the moment. I know the British store in particular was a bit bereft on launch. I think it had about three books in it. It's improved. Um, it wasn't actually, the store wasn't working very well for me at the very beginning, um, but I still don't think there's enough in there that is technical enough. So I don't know why they don't... Um, I would have thought it would benefit O'Reilly to sell through there. But maybe it will come. Maybe it will come. Yeah, I've got plenty of books on there as well. Uh, mainly reference books, um, which you know, I'll just use as and when I need them. Uh, what about magazines and newspapers? Um, not yet. I know there are apps uh, from like Mac user, uh, Photoshop Creative, etc. They've got apps in the store, but I'm... I haven't tried them yet because I've been busy with everything else. But on thinking about it, I was thinking, well, you know, if I buy them via an app on my iPad, then can I read them on the computer? And I thought, I don't really want to go down all that route again. Just let me buy either a PDF of it or an EPUB of it and be done. Let me read it wherever I want, whenever I want, on whatever device I want, and then I'm happy. So 
Um, at the moment, no, I've got lots of scan stuff too. Um, and I've not really been in any great rush to transfer all that, although that was my thinking in getting the 64 gig one. Uh, the reason is I don't want to transfer it all and then find there's a better way of working. Um, I know Dev and Think have been working on something for ages for the iPhone and they've said iPad 2. And all my scan stuff's already organised in Dev and Think. So I'm thinking I'd like to see what they offer. And as we've already discussed, I think I'll probably put my books, including PDF ones, into iTunes anyway um, and probably read them with iBooks. Although Goodreader is fantastic too. So I've not been in any great rush because I don't want to have to do it twice. And newspapers, I've tried the Financial Times app. Uh, but none of the others. Um, I can't see me paying to read The Sun, that's for sure. <laughs> no. No. I saw some of the reviews of The Sun, and apparently it's The Sun in um, all its glory, as it were. And that's what most of the reviewers were talking about. So I thought, ah, it's an app for the boys, I think. So, um, no, I can't see me paying for The Sun, even if it is only £5 a month. Uh, I've also been using something that I found absolutely invaluable um, for another purpose that I'm going to go into in a future show. So think of that as a little teaser. Yeah, I'm going to mention a whole load of stuff in future shows. But one thing I will just mention is the locking to landscape or portrait, because we all know I've got sensitive wrist action. We do, don't we? Yes. I've noticed you playing with that switch quite a lot. Mm. <laughs> but without further ado, on to iPhone, 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 iPhone. Nearly. No, never mind. <laughs> yes, there's been two iPhone 4 events. Um, there was the, what I've been lovingly calling the tentpole keynote. I'm not going to say tentpegs. You've been saying tentpegs. You're waiting for me to say I was. Mm. <laughs> and then, of course, there was the second one. And in the midst of all this, Gizmodo muscling in on the action too. But uh, we did a Matt Bites Live covering the WWDC keynote. The general consensus was it was a poor show um, in terms of what was talked about. I think that was because it had been split over the two keynotes. Two At least Steve apart. didn't get booed off, though. No, but he did get a slow hand clap from our chat room. Mm. <laughs> like I said, I think a lot of the stuff in the first keynote would have been better put to use in the second because the second one it was quite a long keynote and all he talked about was the iphone and he went into great detail and then of course there was his demo fails and stuff which happens to the best of us you know that you and i do do professional talking for a living happens all the time um it just felt a bit a bit drawn out to me and i think that's what the chat room was saying we put up a list of um what what do you hope to see today and there was about 10 things on it um, and I think the only one that didn't get a tick of what people expected was um, the next version of OS X, which was pretty much what we expected. But stuff like um, update to the Apple TV, uh, updates to the Mac Mini, which obviously came out later. The famed cinema displays, please, it must be five years if it's a day. Um, we had quite a few things that we were hoping for. iWork was what I was hoping for. Um, and at the end of it, it was like, oh, what? there'll be one more thing. There'll be one more thing. And when there was, it was like, one more thing. Just a minute. You told us about video cameras two months ago. So the chat room was not pleased with him, were they? They weren't. I think watching the keynote again in hindsight, I think Jane made this point. When you're watching the keynote and you know what's coming, or in this case, what's not coming, 
you're probably more forgiving. But when you're sitting listening and they don't do it live and, and you're trying to get feeds from wherever you can and people are putting things into the chat room and you're getting excited, you want something that is something that you want. Um, like I say, I mean, I work doesn't thrill everybody, but I was really looking forward to it. And then there was just nothing about that. So I thought it was an odd keynote. It felt like half of it had been delivered two months early. Um, I don't think it was Gizmodo um, with their revelations. That that didn't sway me at all. Um, it wasn't that we'd actually seen the shape of the phone and stuff because, like Steve said, it you know you've not seen anything. You've not seen it turned on. Let me tell you about it. That's fine, but it was just very drawn out. I think so. We weren't thrilled in the chat room for sure um, but then extra stuff started coming out and I thought why didn't you mention some of this in the keynote Did you know just throw the other people something who are interested in Safari 5 and a Mac mini why don't you mention it but no uh, and then it started to go from bad to worse Safari leaked out via a press release and I tweeted it and said there's a press release Safari 5's here and I went to download it no it wasn't then the press release was pulled. I thought, this is organised chaos, just not like Apple at all. Um, then, of course, a few days later, the Mac Mini was mentioned, which it was soon enough to be included. But, you know, the rumour is Steve doesn't like the Mac Mini. Um, and then when they did release it, they released it on the same day as the pre-ordering for the iPhones, which in hindsight might have been not such a good idea as everything went into meltdown as people build and cooed over the new Mac Mini and at the same time tried to order an, I um, an iPhone. I would have personally much, much preferred a wider ranging keynote. I wish he talked about Safari 5. I wish he talked about the Mac Mini. Uh, the, the huge changes to Mobile Me as well. Uh, the Find My Phone app and um, the Apple Store app as well. I wish he'd, he'd given sort of more time to the other things as well. I really do. Um, the, as to the features of iPhone 4, well, will we use FaceTime, do you think? I think we'll give it a go as a novelty. I think you've got to give it a go as a novelty, but I, I'm not sure if the novelty wouldn't wear off. Uh, it's got no, to be you an see, when, I, when I'm in Tesco's and I'm thinking now... No, 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 want... no, that's not going to work. Not unless you've got your MiFi with you. I was going not. to say, if I had the <laughs> MiFi with me, then I could say, well, would she want the green one or would she want the pink one? And I could video them to you. Lovely. <clears throat> like I say, will we use FaceTime? Probably not. No, <laughs> no. I think I'm going to use the video recording though. Um, yeah. I've got a Kodak Mini recorder at the moment, and the problem with that is you can't instantly upload stuff. So looking forward to the video recording. I actually like the idea of iMovie for the iPhone. I know some people are saying, "Oh, you can't transfer stuff," but I don't think it's for that. I think it's just to set your videos that you take uh, while while you're out and about. Set them apart from other people's um, who've got other phones that yours are going to have nice lower thirds on them and things. I think it's really just a differentiator for that. And I think for the £5, I think they said it's going to cost, oh, I'll have that and I'll want to try that. And I'm really looking forward to folders as well in iOS 4. I, I definitely need a folder for all my Twitter clients, that's for sure. Of course, that's the upside, isn't it? But then there's the downside. Um, we, of course, were locked to O2 for quite some time until, was it Orange that were the next one? Think Unlike the states Vodor. who are still stuck with AT and T, uh, we in the UK have have had lots and lots. In fact, is there anybody who hasn't got the iPhone anymore? We've got O2, Orange, Vodafone, Three, Tesco Mobile, T-Mobile, and Virgin are in talks as well to carry the iPhone, which you'd think was great. You think they'd be cutting each other's throats to get your business, 
and you would be wrong. O2 have announced um, they're getting rid of abolishing unlimited data. I can understand it, but from what they're saying, it won't affect 97% of their um, users, in which case, why don't you deal with the 3% who are causing the problem then? Then they said it was less than 0.1 of a percent that were actually using more than X amount of data, in which case, throw them off your network and be done. Um, fair usage, um, to take you down to 500 meg is ridiculous. They're talking about people using sort of 10, 20 gig. That might be fair usage, but 500 meg isn't going to go that far, I don't think. So not too pleased with that. But worse than that is they're then taking people off tariffs and changing tariffs. And I thought, oh, no. I remember when the very first iPhone came out and we just started MacBytes. And I said, I just hope when it comes out that you can get all that you need in a simple tariff. And what I meant was, you know, minutes, talk minutes, text text that you need, um, in, in this case now, MMS is, because it does that as well, data transfer in just one simple, easy to understand tariff. And they did, didn't they? I think there were either two or three tariffs on day one of iPhone 1, and it was simple. You, you certainly didn't need a spreadsheet to work it out. No, you didn't. It was simple. Um, I think most people went for the lowest one, uh, which I believe was around £40 at the time, something like that. We decided that we wouldn't go for, for the first phone. I think the tariff we were on was far too good to be quadrupling for the, for the same amount of, of minutes and stuff. But what I didn't want to happen is where they're trying to bamboozle you by saying there's tariff number one that gives you this. Tariff number two is less talk minutes, but more text minutes. And tariff number three, it becomes like follow the P, only the thing is you can't. There's no way that you can. So when um, this was announced and, and then, of course, it came to pre-order day and there weren't even any prices from companies, which is just ridiculous. It's been a complete carve up not on apple's part i don't think maybe they could have done something about it but it's the carriers the usual carve up from the carriers i worked out um, as i was looking at o2 and vodafone that between them they had a set of tariffs for the 16 gig a set of tariffs for the 32 gig another set of tariffs for the six for the 18 month contract and a fourth set of tariffs for the 24 months Add to that a couple of tariffs for pay-as-you-go type things. And then multiply those number of tariffs by the number of carriers. And there are approximately out there now, or will be this week, 182 different tariffs. That was what I didn't want to happen. Because you don't know looking at them. I mean, you can discount a few. If you're not getting a 16 gig, then you can discount half of them. That still leaves you 91 tariffs. It's ludicrous completely ludicrous so i'm hoping to be able to stay on my simplicity for iphone which i'm paying 20 pounds a month for and all would be well but for the fact they've changed the size of the sim and then came the fiasco of trying to get hold of a micro sim which we have we have three micro sims don't we we do and um, i've been talking to people a guy in particular runs um, an iPhone site and he can't get hold of even one. And they're telling him there's no such thing. And I've got a picture there of three O2 microsims ready to go. And they're telling him that they're not even out yet. So I, I think it's been a complete carve up. But despite the pre-order fiasco, we have here at MacBytes headquarters two black 32 gig phones reserved for store pickup on Thursday.
Yeah, just in the nick of time, because they actually sold out within hours, didn't they? Absolutely, they did. Uh, very, very quickly. Much quicker, in fact, than the iPad. I didn't didn't foresee that, I must admit. Um, this time I decided nothing else on the order. I'm still smarting from the iPad dock, so I did not order an iPhone dock um, or a case. Now, when I say case, I mean the bumper. The £25 elastic band masquerading as a case. Now, you're going for the pink one, I take it. Luckily, because I know I'll get there and I'll be saying, hmm, £25 for an elastic band, and then I'll say, I better have one of those. Luckily then, for me, there's only the black one available on launch day. So I won't be put in the unenviable position of having to choose between gorgeous black and what could only be described as puke pink. So no, that's not going to happen to me. But um, I, I think that's a little bit much. I know they're $29, so... But you know what's going to happen. There's no cases, is there? Or you'll go in store and they'll be even more expensive. So um, I don't want to buy a £25 elastic band, but I'm not ruling it out. Because like the iPad case, maybe Steve's right. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not happy with the dock. I'm hoping that my iPhone will fit into my iPad dock because I can't think of anything else to do with my iPad dock. So are you packed and ready? Packed? What for? Oh, for buying an iPhone. You need a passport and two proofs of address. Funds. Plenty of funds. And then, of course, to activate it, you're going to need your MacBook Pro, uh, a cable, the MyFi to connect. Uh, you're going to need your iPad, of course, because you're going to have to tweet all this. Your old phone, so you can take pictures of yourself doing it. And um, the monkey charger, because you'll probably wear everything out while you're there. Fair enough. So watch this space and we'll fill you in on our adventures in the next episode. Anyway, on to feedback and comments. Did you realise this is our longest ever episode? I do. Do you think anybody's still listening? My battery's nearly dead. Really? Mm. Oh, on the laptop. Right. <clears throat> I was thinking of pacemaker. <laughs> All right, so feedback and comments. Yes, um, Hearty D, we were having a conversation with Damien, um, and he's uh, been talking about his uh, pay-as-you-go, his three MiFi, and he's been getting great signals on it. We had rubbish. And um, Damien's been doing really great in odd places, so um, I wouldn't particularly rule out three anymore. Maybe they've improved because we've seen big improvements in the coverage from our Virgin-powered MiFi, haven't we? You mean our MiFi that's powered by virgins? Anyway, swiftly moving on. <laughs> Can I just say thanks to um, oh, a lot of people, and I'm probably going to forget people too, but thanks to Andy in Surrey and Graham Welsh, Amanda, Mark, Jane, Mark D., Gasmas, Damien and Bob for keeping in touch and writing to ask where we were and joining us at various MacBytes live sessions too. So um, thank you very, very much to you all. And if I've forgotten anybody, then write and tell me off. And anyone else who knows me, as they yeah, used to say. Yeah, that kind of thing. Anyway, talking of MacBytes Live. Yes, we have another MacBytes Live. Uh, this Thursday, 24th of June. Now, I know it's iPhone day, but you know that it's going to degenerate into an iPhone fest after the main event anyway. So please feel free to join us at any point. Um, we've got a, a new toy. No, it's not the iPhone. We are going to have um, a new toy, which is our very own back channel. Now, I know you're sniggering, but you do want to know what it's all about. So come along and try it out. Um, we've got a couple of other events scheduled already. Um, one for 15th of July, one for the 29th of July. So um, more details of those in the future. Yeah, best way to keep up to date with what we're doing is subscribe to the MacBytes calendar. 
and uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to that if you don't have it already. Everybody should be subscribed to the Matt Bites calendar. Mm. Mm. You are, aren't you? I am. Oh, good. You'd be in trouble if you weren't. Tattooed well, on my... Uh... No, yes, yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Left well, what's it? <laughs> well, that's it for this episode of Matt Bites. Before it degenerates any further, as always, we would love to hear from you. Please send your questions, comments, queries by email to macbitesuk at gmail.com. You can use the contact form on the website. Or you can leave a comment on the show notes at macbytes.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash macbytes. You can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. But until next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you Macbytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. That was a long one. That was a long one. <laughs>